Today's scripture reading is from the second letter to Timothy, the first chapter, the first to the fifth verse. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Louise and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. This is the word of the Lord. We are uh, launching our uh, new uh, sermon series uh, it is an absolute blessing that we are uh, given the, uh, the, the privilege, the high honor to, uh, to break the scripture uh, before you all to, to, to share it with you, but to, to unpack it, to... to uh, to present it in a way, as I was sharing with my daughter this morning uh, via text, uh, the, 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 the role of the minister, um, as one of my seminary professors said, is like, you're not cooking anything, all you're doing is serving. You just, just serve the food, just, just, but just serve it in a way that is uh, consumable uh, by the, the folks in the restaurant, if you will. I know the metaphor breaks down after a while. Uh, but uh, that, that we have been given the privilege to unpack Scripture and to make it alive so that when it's all said and done, when you walk out of here, it's like, oh, okay, I understand that, and I see application today. Because without application, it's just, it's just uh, you know, potentially it's just a good speech. You know, the whole point and purpose of the sermon, of the study, is to help you along your way. You know, it, that's, 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 that's what it's about. It's, okay, well this is, otherwise it becomes dusty manuscript from, 20, from 2,000 years ago. And it's like, well, there's, there's no application. There's, yeah, that's wonderful what, uh, what Paul did. And yeah, he, was, he and Timothy were cool and all that. But uh, what does that have to do with me today and the issues of life that I'm, that I'm facing? That's, that's, that's the high honor. That's the privilege uh, that, that I have. And I don't take it lightly. I, I give it all gravity and seriousness. And we have now the privilege of dealing with Paul's second letter to someone that was very near and dear to him. Uh, you know, we just, oh, he's Timothy. Uh, he's a student. He's a disciple. As we, as we proceed through this, you will see that, oh, boy, these guys had a serious relationship. It, it, was, it wasn't, you know, we say divine serendipity. That's kind of the same, the same thing twice. You know, it's like God is, is, is providential in how he orchestrates things how we've come together as a uh, 150, 200 uh, uh, member assembly. Uh, uh, how, why, why us, how us, what, what, you know, and you guys each have 
uh, incredible. Naila, Christina, uh, Dr. Tevis, uh, you guys, uh, you have incredible skill in each and every aspect, area of your life. But what God does is he takes that and he pulls it together where again, one plus one is more than two and it's not a number. One plus one is more than two and it's not a number. And, I, and, 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 and it's, it, it's, it's incredibly hard to wrap our minds around that because we look at things in such a linear or logical fashion. Well, you know, man and a woman get together and they have kids. Well, yeah, but so do, uh, and I don't mean anything, but so do cats. You know, a female and a, and a male get together and they have kittens. So, but it, it's, 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 it's more than that. It's, it's, it's more than that. Well, how much more? Well, I, I'd, I'd really like to uh, be able to uh, spend an incredible amount of time dealing with that, but we're going to really focus on just two verses today. Just, just, just two verses. Uh, the, the backdrop is the whole first five verses. But uh, verse one uh, reads, uh, it starts out reading, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I like how, uh, uh, for purposes of clarity sometimes, I like how the message version translates this, I, Paul, I'm on special assignment for Christ, carrying out God's plan laid out in the message of life by Jesus. I write this to you, Timothy, the son I love so much, all the best from God and Christ be yours. As Paul has done in his other letters, he calls himself an apostle, a special messenger. Uh, an ambassador, uh, someone with a, a portfolio. So, again, when we, when we dealt with uh, some of the other Pauline letters, uh, I probably shared this, but if I didn't, just pretend like I didn't, uh, and bear with me. But you have two points. The first being, being an ambassador means that I'm not coming with my own, but someone else's agenda. Being an ambassador means I'm not coming with my own. I'm coming with someone else's agenda. I'm just the representative. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying out his cause, someone else's cause. If I'm the ambassador of France or any other foreign nation, uh, I can't sit there. I'm, I'm representing the president who is representing the people, and I can't go there and say, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm Mark Meeks, and uh, you know what I think? I think, you know I, you know, I know what the president said, but this is what I think, and this is what, this is what I say we do. Uh, the president of the country would say, you know you got an idiot over here representing you? You, you understand that he's not representing your interests, he's, he's doing his own thing. Uh, that's why he writes, I'm carrying out God's plan, or the NIV, by the will of God. So. So, so even more with the significance of that, as an ambassador, he can convey greetings and blessings from the one he represents. All the best 
from our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you blessing. I'm conveying blessings on you. I'm, 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 giving, I'm sharing love because I'm coming, not just me. It's one thing. See, I can help you so much. You know, but my help to you, my physical help to you will, will, will be limited to how much time I can devote to you and how much money I have in my pocket or even how much I like you. I'm just trying to be real. I'm just, it's just like, but that's what, if we're not careful, that's what we'll, we'll pack that up as doing Christ's work. But then it's like, you know what? I'm tired of doing Christ's work. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. I don't, I, you, oh, so, oh, so, so what you're saying is that the one that sent you, he has given you leave of your position? So, so you can now dispense from what you're doing? He says, I'm an ambassador. Well, that's Paul, that's not me. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to break the news to you that each and every one of us are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We all represent him. None of us represent our own agenda, or at least we ought not be representing our own agenda. So what's the second thing? The second thing, being on a special assignment also carries with it strength and protection of the one that I represent. If I'm in a foreign country, see, actually, truth be told, the, the residence where the ambassador lives, even though it's not physically in the United States, that's United States property. That's, that's United States property, just as if it were in Elk Grove, Sacramento, or Fair Oaks. And so uh, well, what's the significance of that? Well, just because I'm there doesn't mean someone, some foreigner can come creeping up on me uh, unless you want to bear the wrath of the country I represent. So what's the significance of that? As ambassadors of Christ, when we go forth and we do what God has asked us to do, don't you know who's behind you? Don't you know who's backing your play? Oh, well, you know, I just, you know, I, you know I'm going to have to get my stuff right and I'm going to have to come. It's like, see, what you need to do is pray about it. See, what you need to do is bow the knee, God, I want to, I want to honor you in whatever endeavor I'm doing. Because if I do that, I know that you've got my back. We go about it the reverse. Well, let me get my stuff together, and then I'm, then I'm, then I'm going to go in here, and if, you know, if God gets glorified in the process, well, so be it. Uh, but, uh, but really, that's not my agenda. My agenda is to handle business. God is saying, no, you're my representative. You're an ambassador. You're on temporary assignment. You have a borrowed body, as someone was sharing even this morning. Your body's just, you, you, the body that we have, the tent that we have, it's just on loan. Think I'm wrong. Just wait a few decades. You're going to have to give it up. <laughs> From dust you were made, dust is going to claim it back. It's like, okay, I want that now. Thank you. We just got what, for better or for worse, we've just got this temporary occupancy. So Paul is, what he's saying what he's implying without explicitly saying is, I'm on a special assignment, and because I'm on a special assignment, I have the ability to, to convey blessing, and I also know that the one that I'm representing has my back. 
So what's so important about that? As we unpack this and we go through these four chapters, you're going to see uh, Paul's going to feel pretty puny at points in the, because he's going to say, man, so-and-so abandoned me, so-and-so abandoned me, so-and-so abandoned me. But at the very end of the story, it's like, it's all good. Because my being good, if you will, is not predicated on you backing me up. I got God behind me. He's, he, he's got this. That's why I, I so appreciate uh, my wife. I, I love her more than she probably even understands and more than I show half the time. But, but one of the things she says, I don't get caught up in what people say and do and don't do or say. This is because ultimately at the end of the day, God's got this, he's got me, he's got everything. So I don't have to worry about stuff. Well, me, I tend to gnaw on my fingernails every now and then. Uh, but, but, but that's where we are headed. That's where we need to be. So as I said, as we unpack this letter, we'll, we will see Paul's uh, confidence, for lack of a better word. And he's in prison. He's in Rome. He's writing to Timothy, probably he's in Ephesus, it doesn't really matter where he's at, he's wherever he's at, he's not in prison. And Paul's days are numbered. Soon and very soon, it's over. And as history lets us know, he lost his head uh, on a chopping block under the rulership of Nero. And so you think about this, it's like, why don't we get ahead of myself, but this is this is his last will and testament, if you will. What is it with your kids? You think about your kids. What's the last thing, if, if you know today, this is it, this is last day. What, what are you going to write down? What are you going to list? What are you, you going to put down on, on, the, on a piece of paper to convey to them and put in the time capsule? And so when they become of age, uh, they'll read it and it's like, okay, all right, I get this, all right. This is that. But not from a... A, a natural uh, adult to a child, but from a spiritual, mature adult to a less spiritually mature adult. He's conveying, these are the issues of life. This is where I'm at. This is where you're at. These, this is why these things are important and these other things aren't important. Again, off script. The closer you get to the end of the not the end of the rainbow, but the end of the line. You know, I get this, this, this Bugs Bunny metaphor or this image in my mind where they have that little train track and it leads out to over a cliff, and that's it. Well, sooner rather than later, the, the little train track is going to run out of track. And the train is like, that's it. That's it. And the closer you get to that, the more clarity, or at least, the, the more clarity ought to come. And it's like, you know what? All of those things that I used to worry about, they're really not that important. All of those things I was stressing over, and uh, it's just—it's it's not that important. It's—it's it's, it's just not that important. Um, doing exactly what he was called to do. He's experiencing exactly what he was called to do. He's in prison. He was called to be in prison. He was called to experience the thing he was called to experience for my benefit, for Timothy's benefit. For your benefit. That's why he writes in the third chapter, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. How many have felt persecuted? You're in good company. 
Paul said, everyone who wants, who aspires to live a godly life will be persecuted. So you can try and escape persecution. I'm not saying seek persecution either. But the reality is, you will grow old, you will die. The reality is, you will be persecuted if you follow Christ. That's just, it. it's just it. So instead of, you know, bob and weave and trying to, and I'm not saying put your chin out there so someone can clock you either. But, but we spend a great deal of time of avoiding persecution. And Paul said, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And it even gets worse. While the evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. They just go on about their merry way, doing their thing. See, Paul knows what too often I fail to recognize as the song goes, Sister Jones, whatever betides, God will take care of me. It doesn't mean that he likes or is happy uh, with his situation. On the contrary, as we unpack this, we'll see that uh, he's not happy. And he feels abandoned by all the people that he was putting trust in. Uh, things were, you know those folks in your life. When things are rolling along, it's, just, it's like in high school. You know, I, it's, when you got a few dollars, people are rolling with you. Then be broke. Be broke. Then see what happens. Hey, uh, it's just like that old, that, 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 old, uh, uh, that, that old commercial. The guy see the numbers come up. Oh, no, I'm not answering that one. No, 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 no. I know what they, they, they have a need, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wanting to uh, uh, deal with that need. Uh, but like Peter with Jesus, it's different when the going gets tough. See? There are some people in our lives that are only with us for what they get out of it. I don't know who they are. I mean, I don't know you, I don't know the, the backstory to your life. But there are some people in our lives that are only with us because of what they can get out of the relationship. And they're not pouring into the relationship. I mean, you look at this, this intensely personal tone of greeting. Dear Timothy, my dear son, the son I love so much. See, this is, if you look at 1 Timothy, this is a whole lot different from the salutation uh, in, in 1 Timothy, the first letter that was written, where he says, my true son in the faith. Now, Paul's getting to the end of the, in, end of the line. It's like, okay, well, let's dispense with all the, the little formalities. Sister Meeks. Sister McCowan, it's just like, Gail, Marcel. There's, there's, a, there's an endearment. There's an intensity. I, I want you to know how much you mean to me. I want you to know, I, I want to pour into you the important things of life. Because sooner rather than later, I'm not going to be here. So where did this meeting just happen to happen? You know, Paul and Silas, they're on their missionary journey, and uh, uh, Timothy's mother was a believing Jew and his father was Greek, uh, they hit it off. Paul wanted Timothy to join him. And so because of the religious drama at the time and being half Greek, Paul circumcised Timothy to eliminate any potential issue with him rolling with him. Got all these Jewish folks that we're going to be witnessing to, they're not going to want to li listen to you if you don't come correct uh, religiously. 
says, okay, well, let's, let's, let's just deal with that. As Paul wrote in his first letter to the church at Corinth, I have become all things to all people so that I might win some. I have become all things to all people so that I might win some. So from the time they met, Timothy was at Paul's side or on a personal assignment from Paul. We know Paul to be this, this spiritual giant that he was, but he couldn't have accomplished the things that he accomplished if he didn't have a Timothy. He couldn't have done the things that he was called to do that we like, man, Paul's the man. Yeah, he's the man, but he had Timothy. He had folks, he had folks that were, were there laboring with him to do the things that he was called to do. But he, he, so we don't worship in isolation, and we can't accomplish ministry in isolation. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team sport. It's a team activity. Their connection went deep, and that's why he writes briefly in the third verse, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. This is deeply personal. Uh, I thank God that he allows me to remember you and all the things we experience, all the things that apparently caused Timothy to cry. See, this, Paul, this caused Paul to want to see Timothy one more time so that he could experience the joy, just the joy of his company. I just want to be in your presence. Your presence just brings me joy. I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't want to, don't have time, but it is, how many people do you have in your, in your sphere that just bring you joy? That just really bring you joy? Not, not, not that good time, Charlie. Oh, boy, when we get it, we kick it. We, 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 we. It's like, whatever. I mean, there's time for kicking it. I mean, but it's like, I mean, just really, you're just in their presence, and it's like, you bring me joy. You just, you just, you just bring me joy. It wasn't that Timothy could tell a few jokes or buy his lunch. I mean, anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. But, but you're in their presence because they bring me joy. It's because of the relationship they had, the, the shared ministerial experiences, the, the incredible faith of a young man that Paul said lives in him, passed down from teaching and example, first from his grandmother and then to his mother Eunice. How many, really, how many Timothys do we have in our lives? How many people do you have that you're pouring yourself into? That you're really, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going there with you. I'm, I'm pouring myself in you so that you'll have the benefit of my experience, my, 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 my accomplishments, my, my missteps, my everything. Teaching and nurturing are two different things. Teaching and nurturing are two different things. A lot of folks can teach. A lot of folks teach. You know, like I shared the story about, the, you know, you, you can condition a chicken to play uh, keys on a keyboard on a piano uh, when the light comes on. Uh, but that's, I'm not nurturing the chicken. I'm just teaching the chicken. Here, do this. Do this. No, what Paul was doing with Timothy, he was nurturing him. He was pouring into him. I'm developing you. I want, I want, I want you to, again, benefit 
from all the, the knowledge, skills, and abilities and experience that I have. Uh, teach math, teach reading, teach science. But how many of your teachers, and I could probably count on one hand and have fingers left over, the number of teachers that I had from, from, from kindergarten to through college that were actual nurturers. As I shared, you go, you hit college, they're not nurturing you. You show up, fine. If you don't, fine. You pass the test, fine. If you didn't, fine. I'm not nurture. I'm not here to nurture you. See? How many people are we nurturing? Is there someone that's nurturing you? I shared before, I share again. The point and purpose of our time is, is, is nurturing, is discipling. That's, we, we've been put on earth with this much time to accomplish a whole lot of stuff. And it's all about nurturing. It's all about pouring yourself into, be it your kids, or your peers, or those on the praise team, those in AV, those in children's church. I got to pour myself into you. I have to nurture you. Because sooner rather than later, I won't be here. We'll unpack uh, this portion of text more fully next time, but two things, at least two. Uh, Paul's love for Timothy was deep. Paul knew his time was up, and actually three, uh, he wanted to ensure that everything that needed to be said was said. So it begs the question all of us should ask and answer, what legacy are we leaving? What, what is the legacy that we are leaving? I'm closing. Uh, I am becoming all things to all people so that I can win some to Christ. I am becoming, I, I am becoming all things to all people so that I can win some to Christ. Or is my personality not attractive or worse, repulsive to the gospel? Instead of winning people to Christ, is my personality pushing people away from Christ? Is, 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 is that what I'm doing? Or am I behaving in such a way that draws people to Christ? Uh, this, is, this is so different from today, uh, from words more like, how do we say it? This is just the way I am. Deal with it. God made me this way. God made me repulsive, I guess, is what we're implying. Uh, this, is, this is who I am. This is, God, God, God made me obnoxious. Seriously. No. See, we are put in position to be nurturers, to be teachers and nurturers. And if we are an ambassador and we are carrying the message of someone else, it's not our message. It's an attractive message. So we have to make sure that we're not the ones getting in the way of the message and messing it up. So what legacy am I leaving for 2016? Do I want more of uh, 2015 or do I want more of him? Uh, what legacy am I leaving? 401? Is that, is that the legacy I want to leave? A 401k? You know, is that, nothing wrong with a 401k. There's nothing wrong with it. Nice, you know, is, is, is that the, you know, is that, is, that, is that what I want? Or do I want to impart the knowledge of Jesus Christ and him crucified? What legacy are you leaving? <laughs>
for your kids, for your spouse, co-workers. If your co-workers were, they were mic'd up and you weren't around, what would they say about us? What would they say? Seriously, what would they say? Ah, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a good engineer, but boy, he's got a lousy personality. Yeah, man, alive. Be glad when he's not here. Um, I remember, I, I said I'm closing, I am closing. Um, there was a mother at a church uh, we used to worship at, and she lived to be deep into her 90s. And so one of the things that she would always share in her testimony, back in the days when they had testimony service and all that good stuff, uh, she said, my eyes are growing dimmer, but my path is becoming brighter. My eyes are growing dimmer, but my path is growing brighter. I may be getting old physically, but spiritually, I get it. I understand it. I'll leave you with this. Um, my, uh, my father, he passed away in 1994, uh, mother in 2001. And one of the things that uh, my father, he was not, uh, I've shared this story uh, before, uh, he wasn't into, uh, he was into building the kingdom of God. That's what he was into building. And uh, it translated into building close to 30 churches in his lifetime, physically churches. Uh, but one of the things that he was on his uh, uh, deathbed, literally his deathbed, one of the things that uh, we were asking him, I don't know if I asked it or someone else, it doesn't matter, I, I was thinking it, uh, Dad, how come you didn't have a, uh, an insurance policy or something substantial uh, for mom? You know, you're, you're getting ready to leave, and you're not leaving any money, implied. I, it wasn't that crass, but it was, it was, it was along those lines. Uh, and I'll never forget, uh, we were all in the room, and he just pointed to each and every one of us, and he said, shame on you if you allow your mother to be in want. You're my insurance policy. What Paul is essentially saying is, shame on you, Timothy. Your God has called me to do the things that I've done, and I've poured myself into you. Shame on you if you don't carry it forward. No, he didn't say that, no, but it's implied. What I saw in your grandmother, I saw in your mother, and I see it in you. So now, tag, you're it. You're it. Tag, you're it. Let's pray.